Hey everyone, so my name's Nick and today we'll be talking about orthopedics triage and I'm joined by an esteemed group of guests with me today. So we got Jay, we got Navi who's a new guest to the podcast, so welcome. And we got Jason, an experienced member fresh, who you should all the know. The veteran of the group. The fresh veteran. after <laughs> Nick and I all fresh after Oski's enjoying life and watching Feels these, good. Two, these two suckers just... Yeah, the stress, <laughs> you can see it on their faces. Maybe I can hear it in their voices today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, today we decided to talk about triage in the orthopedics context because uh, last year, you know, and years prior leading there to that... There may or may not have been. There may or may not have been. And it was also the most voted for when I did a poll on the group chat. Exactly. There may or may not have been rumours that triage stations are a recurring theme in the MD3 OSCE. And last year, they may or may not have put an orthopedic <laughs> spin on it. We instead don't know. Of, <laughs> we don't hey, know. Memory, this man. is all rumours going Forgotten around. Forgotten everything already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, are we technically done? <laughs> it's already too late. <laughs> yeah. Once I get that certificate, we'll be fine. So basically, I wanted to go through the triage station and what are the important sort of things you need to keep in mind when going through it and how to really break down those two sort of conditions that you can't seem to determine which one takes priority over the other because they always seem to have two that really seem they could claim top spot. So we'll go through how to break that down in a moment. I'd just like to start with sort of the concept of triage and basically what it means because we all think we have an idea of what triage is and so to start off with the etymology of the word comes from the French verb Trier. Yes. <laughs> Shout out JT. J- yeah, JT is forced to, to bring this. So up. it's the French verb trier, which means to sort. So there we go. The definition from the Oxford. Uh, yeah, good quality sources. Yeah, here. exactly. We're going <laughs> top tier stuff here. It means the preliminary assessment of patients in order to determine the urgency of their need for treatment and the nature of treatment required. So from that definition, I sort of chose three important words from that. The first being preliminary assessment, the second is urgency, and the last is the nature of treatment. And why I thought these words were sort of important is preliminary assessment means using the limited information provided to you, i.e. in the OSCE case, to make a diagnosis to determine basically how the patient fits in the tier list in the context of the other patients. They're like they're, little prompts, right? Yeah, yeah, they're prompts. And they're only, it would be around two to three sentences max with a bit of a history and maybe some examination findings and some vital signs. So that's your preliminary assessment where they give you the, the bare bones of the patient. Then the second part is urgency. And that's your role of basically to stratify the patients based on the rush to get the patient fully assessed and managed. And then the last bit of that is the need and nature of treatment. So this is the way I interpret it. Can they be left alone for the next 24 hours? And if they can be left alone for the next 24, 48 hours, they typically find their way at the bottom of the list. And the opposite of that, if you ask yourself is, if I do nothing, will the patient die? And if you're answering yes, then that patient should go towards the top. Death should be avoided, Jay. That's, yeah, that's one of the bad. roles as a doctor, in case you have I think that's a that bad yet. thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've... <laughs> So I've got some tips as we go along the episode and my first tip for the day is there's always going to be a complaining patient that's angry in a lot of pain and they really, really need to see you about something 
And those patients are not an emergency. They never are. And they will always find their way down to the bottom. So if you could talk, you're on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, you're, you're so right. If they, GCS above eight? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's true, though. You kind of need these little tips yeah. because you've only got a few minutes to yep. sort out your preference. Mm-hmm. Your prompt simply just says, you've got five patients that have come in. Please review their notes and... So as bad as it sounds, you kind of need that pattern recognition. Exactly. Have have in your mind some of those Mm -hmm. classic orthopedic Mm. prompts. Yeah, exactly. And also important things to see on the context. Are they screaming in pain in the ED just coming in? Is that part of their presenting problem? Or have they just been on the ward? And and technically, I guess medical-wise, like to explain that, if you can talk and like ask mm. for the stuff mm. it means your gcs is pretty high right so i guess from that sense working out who sort of fits in the bottom i think is more of the easier part and then you get sort of to the upper part of it where you've got two to three and you don't know whether it goes you know one two three or two three one etc so i wanted to go through some of the classic orthopedic conditions and where you guys think they typically stand in terms of in general but just ask around table what mm. what do you guys think are the main like orthopedic condition. Yeah, that was my... Compartment syndrome. So like unstable pelvic fractures. Yep, yep, cool. Anything else? We've got a few more. Hey, we've already done an orthopedic exam. Osteomyelitis, septic arthritis. Long bone fractures, again, the same thing with like bleeds and things. Yep. Enough, I guess. Not life-threatening, but... Yeah, yeah. It's serious. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. it's very serious, yeah. Yeah. Um, You could have things like really displaced clavicle fractures with tenting of the skin and all that sort of... So you mean open fractures? Open fractures yeah. as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Great. That's literally the list I have here. I've broken it down into emergency ASAP, urgent, so within the, within the next 12 hours, and then acute, so within the next 24 hours. And the emergency sort of ones you want to address ASAP, like you said, was the compartment syndrome, your open fractures, like high energy mechanism traumas, so your C-spine, open book fractures, long bone fractures septic arthritis and then any sort of neurovascular compromise my next sort of task for you guys is would you be able to provide like a classic one or two line history or presenting complaint that would fit some of these conditions just so we have a in our mind what the pattern of them inevitably like on the day if you if you do get them you you really need to have those prompts it's all about pattern recognition it's not about you you don't have time to figure it out essentially you need to just recognize it straight away so i guess the most life-threatening things are like your high trauma yeah like what would you sort of expect to see on the prompt two to three sentence prompt persons this 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 came in after a high mba or something yeah so anytime you see mba you're always suspecting high trauma Mm -hmm. that's a good word to remember Like the bruising on their hips, they're yep. they even have unstable blood pressure, tanking, mm-hmm. heart yep. rates yep. going up. They look like they're about to be shot. Are, are yep. there any fractures, fractures classically associated with MBOs? Hip pelvic fractures. Pelvic. Yeah. Yep. yep. Great. And some other things you might notice is they might have I can't remember the medical name of it, but they might have blood coming out of the urethra, or they might have damage to their perineum, which is very classic for that sort of pelvic injury. What would be a classic presentation or two to three sentences of a compartment syndrome patient, Navi? So they could be of any age, essentially. Mm. But in terms of past medical history, they could have had a recent fracture that they've got a plaster yeah. on or any yeah. other sort of injury within the limb. Yeah, great. Um, and then they've sort of developed this pain that's out of proportion from their mm. injury. They could have, once compartment syndrome starts to progress, they could have like altered sensation yeah. in yeah. their limb. You could perhaps see visible swelling as well, mm-hmm. change in temperature, like loss of the pulses. I yeah. think it's your six P's, but yeah, I always get the models up so in my head. The six yeah. P's are definitely worthwhile to know, but I'd 
I'd expect they wouldn't really give them to you. No, I don't so, think yeah. they would. But okay. you mentioned a few key ones, and from what I ju- from what you just said, I reckon that the plaster on the arm mm, is a classic mm. one, and the pain. Yeah. Because it just may be like a distal radius fracture. Yeah, they've said, yeah. and then they've got that that plaster is really the key yeah, one. Yeah. I, reckon, I think the other classic the presentation for it is it'll be like someone's twelve hours post op, and they're becoming increasingly sore and you've reviewed them and there's no obvious wound infection and they're just increasingly using their PRN analgesia. That's another classic one, post-op. So it's these little bits of information, yeah. but yeah. yeah, as bad as sound, remembering plaster, you're like, it's <laughs> yeah. pretty confident it's going to be. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then your septic arthritis patient, I think we'd all be pretty confident in identifying that. Uh, might, might as well go through it. What are some uh, things which unwell, they could put in? Mm-hmm. Have a fever, yep. limp, not weight-bearing. Mm-hmm. They look... Hot swollen red joints. Yeah, great. Any history of like trauma to the area? Is there like a draining sinus? From yeah, it? cool. Could be IBDU. Yeah, yeah great risk factors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like other immunocompromised, I guess, diseases, type two diabetes, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, great. And then taking a step down, even though this is still quite high up on your list, it's not quite that tier one. We've got things like your neck of femur fractures, you know, people with multiple fractures, someone showing signs of progressive neurological deficits. So someone that's starting to say, I'm going to feel a bit pins and needles because that's one of the first signs because the swelling starts compressing on the nerves and then you start getting that sort of paresthesia. And one of the things you can get tricked by is that I think we've, we've just been hammered in that compartment syndrome. Yeah. Oh my God. It's mm. like the worst yeah. orthopedic yeah. emergency. Yeah. Then on the other hand, you've got to Keep in mind that there's more to the body yeah. than the yeah, bone. Exactly. And I think, to be fair, compartment syndrome does have a high mortality rate because you get, you get muscle necrosis and you get rhabdo and that can lead to a whole bunch of things. But septic arthritis is probably going to be, I think, a little bit more serious just because... It's just like anything which can cause hemodynamic exactly. instability always takes... Yeah, yeah exactly. Just like to take another step down. So we've gone through the sort of first, second, and now we're on the sort of third tier. And these are your things like, you know, wrist fractures, ankle fractures, um, scaphoid fractures, tibial plateau fractures, any sort of general fractures that aren't open or significantly unstable. I think those would sort of be those ones where they, you put them in the middle. You know, they don't require attention within the next like 20 minutes, but they're not something you can just come back to in 48 hours because... You know. But if they did have some sort of compromise, like vascular compromise, mm. move them up to the... Absolutely. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think if you're going to get two fractures in terms of they're not, it's not enough and it's not a pelvic fracture, the best way to determine is basically the x-rays because in your triage station, they'll have, they'll have the description of the patient and then an x-ray underneath it of that injury. And that's what I was going to... Uh, we'll get onto that in a sec. You've got to use that x-ray to then either confirm your suspicion that this patient's really sick or basically be like, actually, no, that doesn't actually look that bad. Maybe we can consider you know, putting them down a little bit Just more. less. Off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, paracetamol go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> walk it off. <laughs> and then the bottom of the list stuff we've already established. It's your screaming up in pain patient. It's your elective things. So soft tissue, like tendon or meniscus repairs. Someone who... who needs like hardware removed because it's causing like irritation um i wanted to talk about just briefly if because they might give you this someone that's coming with an effective prosthesis so someone's coming in they're complaining of pain in their hip and they've discovered there's actually a collection in their hip replacement where do you think they would sort of fit because i know the prosthesis they're prone to biofilm Mm. formation so the antibiotics are not going to work so you probably want to get them into theater exactly as quickly as you can yep yep Definitely. And so they'd probably find themselves towards the upper part yeah. of your triage. Again, 
are they septic is there like a sinus that's actively draining anything uh, just something to consider because i always try and throw a curveball in yeah, there somewhere yeah. i wanted to briefly talk about scaphoid fractures very quickly because i think there's like, like we all know why they're you know potentially dangerous or bad because of their risk of avascular necrosis and the thing is do you know how quickly that onset of avascular necrosis is from memory it should take a couple of weeks like one to two weeks yeah it can take even longer like months as well right. depending okay. on how pro- how proximal the fracture is so if it's a okay. really proximal scaphoid fracture you're talking weeks but if it's like sort of in the waist of the scaphoid or distal it might take months or if not at all and the thing is i think a lot of students like oh avascular necrosis will put them up because we don't want them to lose their wrist basically but it's a slow process so just remember that it takes a few months to weeks for that scaphoid fracture to lose its blood supply so yeah probably a good one to fit in the middle somewhere depends how long they've come in after their injury yeah my second tip was if you get stuck between two patients for top spot look at their vital signs are they deteriorating are they already actively shocked it's a really good tip do you think you could pass the station even if you get those first two mixed up as long as you explain it or so if if you put like the second one first and the first one second yeah but i think a lot of people did that in our year group because no one had done any trauma and i don't think you'd fail on those grounds because i think as long as you can manage them i think it's fair I don't know whether they would drag your attention and be like, hey, can you tell me how you'd manage your second patient? And then you'd still get the marks for it. I don't know. I think it would be a fail if you put one of the bottom ones at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Because they just want you to be safe, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Another bit of words of wisdom, because this is from my experience of that same station. Um, I ended up passing the station, but I I got lucky because the examiner kind of helped me. So Mm. initially I got the order right, but then I finished like two minutes early and I'm like, like, you know, you, you're, you're still thinking about mm. the station whilst the examiner's sitting across you. And I was like, oh, do I, do I change the order? Like, I was going to change the order and the examiner just told me to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Literally yeah. told me just stop talking. You're digging And up. I was like, okay, I'll stop talking. That's I just sat so there good. in silence for one minute and still got the pass. So um, <laughs> listen you to your examiner. You um, yeah, so we've got a wide variety <laughs> of experiences because my triage ended up being <laughs> pretty all right, I think. <laughs> That's why we're getting you to teach it. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. only got 80 and left for his experience. What happened with that? We don't know. We'll never find out. <laughs> we'll never but find out. I think you'll pass as long as you explain your rationale. You probably still get a pass. Mm. But mm. Anyway, sorry for the sidetrack. No, no, that's all right. It's good to sort of talk about that so so the listeners feel better about themselves. Um, So we're going to talk about the investigations, i.e. x-rays, because very likely they will give you, along with the case description, an x-ray of that pathology. And it's really important for you to be good at reading x-rays quickly because there's going to be at least four of them. And so I wanted to sort of ask you guys, do you have an approach you guys use to MSK x-rays that we could quickly run over? Are we talking like systematic, like ASCII style, or just like this is what the diagnosis is? Do you have like a little spill, right? Spill, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So basically, where is it right now? Are we in the pelvis? Which bone is it? Mm-hmm. Is it what view is it? Yeah. Is it rotated? Blah, 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 blah. Yep. The most salient finding is this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get an x-ray of this, this, and this, yep. and then describe what the fracture is like this. Yeah, cool. I think for this, because there's so many cases to go through, they'll just ask you for your first impression. Your spot diagnosis. It is. They, don't, they won't get you to be like, there's yeah. no soft tissue swelling or there's no this, no this. If it is there, call it out. And maybe if there's any relevant negatives, like, you know, important rel- relative negatives, I can't see any like air under the soft tissues, which suggests to me this isn't an open fracture, anything like that. 
Um, it, you've got to really read the room because sometimes I think you can get bogged down doing your whole spiel yeah. and then they take like three minutes. As well, yeah, you know? yeah, and exactly. you may not have enough time. So you need to get to the point a bit. And sometimes, like, you know, everyone does the demographics, like mm. this John Smith age, 20, whatever. You can say that whilst you're thinking in, in order to kind of save time. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah, no, exactly. That's what I was going to get to, which is th- this sort of station requires you to deviate from your normal, this is an x-ray, blah, 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 because there's just not enough time. So you really just have to call it out and move on. Just be like, cool, that's a neck of femur fracture. It's inferiorly displaced, blah, 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 I don't know. And just move on. I think that's the important thing for the x-rays. Would you still say Mm. something along the lines of, ideally, I'd like to systematically review all of the x-rays, but given this is a triage situation, spot diagnosis. Yeah, you can also be I'd like other views as as well, because for our pelvic one, you know, with all pelvic fractures, there's a good way of thinking about it. It's in a circle. So there's a break in one part of the circle. There's likely to be a break in the other part of the circle. Yeah. And so okay. for that pelvic one, I was like, I'd like a lateral and the yeah. or another view of the mm. pelvis. It's just, it's just okay. an issue of time yeah. and thinking about like how eight many points, right? Mm. Like it's getting, like saying exactly. that statement may and help with the global, with but it, you Do you have to like manage yeah. all of them or just the one? We had to manage all of them okay. because it was four. But if there's more than four, I doubt it. That'd probably get you to manage maybe the first or second one but they get increasingly easier to manage. So once you get the first one out of the way, which is probably worth the most marks, the second, third and fourth one get easier to manage. I think the OA one you're like, you know, analgesia, refer to, yeah, Pat Boy. <laughs> exactly. Having, having a structured approach definitely helps with interpreting it, but in a sad way, it's, it's really important to just know those prompts and mm. know what common fractures like happen in each sort of area. Thing, right. Because you mm. you can almost make an educated guess mm. before even seeing the image. What and also the probably going to be like common, not like a weird like yeah. tiny break somewhere. It's gonna be like a very obvious fracture that you can see yeah. on the X-ray. Yeah, and X-rays help in terms of if there are multiple patients with multiple fractures, then you can sort of work out the stability of them using those X-rays. So the ones with the less stable fracture would probably take priority. So as we said, these stations, the cases aren't given to you at the front on the door, which is really annoying because you can't, you're like, well, how can I prepare? So I'd like to just go over very quickly what are some things we can do. So obviously you'll you get into the room, you'll read the cases, you'll look at the x-rays, you'll triage them in order of your severity and you'll justify them most likely. So what are some things maybe we could talk about that could help someone in those two minutes before entering the room that could help maybe prepare? Write down a quick management plan for like, this is an emergency, do an A2 assessment, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then, like, for least important, like, you can write Paplio down. Yeah, like, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. For most of your, like, acute management for when you need to take patient to theatre, you could just quickly note down, like, all of your pre-op. Yeah, cool. Your pre-op steps, because that's something that I feel like mm. if you don't have a good structure to, you yeah, like, you should, a bit all over mm. the place. No, I agree. You should be able to ramble off your pre-op stuff in, like, 10 seconds. But I want to do this, 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 this. All time, um, on the pre-op, like, vibe, I don't know. People forget to ask when their last date. Yeah, yeah. So, like fasting, fasting status, stuff, yeah. yeah. I put that with my kneel by mouth. So, I say keep the patient kneel by mouth and check fasting status. I, um, I don't know. That's the way I remember it to do it. The other th- way I wrote down is maybe write down some of the 
important red flag conditions you don't want to miss at the top of your page i know where it's really easy to that right now we're like yeah obviously we know them but sometimes when the pressure gets to you, it's really easy just to go blank when you have it in front of you it's it's there because i don't know about you guys but my mind goes blank in the oski <laughs> so, i was gonna times. say if there's if there's no information it may be a good t- chance to kind of take a deep breath and relax with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure like a minute yeah. to calm down a minute just to think you know and write stuff down if you need yeah to. yeah because really a lot of these triage stations if you if you have a clear mind you can really figure them out they're not yep. too complex it's yeah. just the stress essentially. it's the stress yeah and you, and you question yourself so the next thing they'll ask you after sort of prioritizing your patients is your management so let's briefly talk about maybe a really good uh, way that you can approach your management sort of principles maybe a structure do you guys have a structure that you use always start with an a2e yep. assessment mm-hmm. um you know gain IV access mm-hmm. take some blood yep Great. Check, like, give fluids if they need it. Mm-hmm. Like, order the MTP if there's a massive... Yeah, sure, like a trauma. Like a trauma. Yeah, you nice. Do, like, if it has, you said, it's, if it's a pelvic fracture, you could... The one thing we were told to do is always do a pelvic binder. It's pretty easy to mm. do. Mm. Um, and that should be part of your A2E assessment as well. Definitely. Pelvic binder. Yeah. Then check the... Because it yeah. can be like a head injury. Or something. Do you know what you'd do for a long bone injury in a trauma? I've heard about a traction splint if yeah. it's like a femur fracture mm. not sure like yeah yeah, yeah. you I've would probably you'd probably yeah. get a femur so yeah okay. that's it yeah and it's basically what you just said so okay. yeah it's good you know that so yeah you sort of get your resus your first sort of thing and then what comes after your resus what are the sort of steps you need to take get an x-ray of the fracture if it's not already done yep yep and if you don't know the exact management, you can always say I refer to orthopedics for the management mm. of this. It's mm. likely it could be blah 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 blah. Yeah. But I'll let them decide. Yeah. And if you don't know it, you can actually get really far with just I'd like to resource the patient A to E as and then symptom management will give them some analgesia and then there's some operative and non operative things we can do for them. So operative, you know, I'll refer them to ortho, prep them for theatre. Non operative, I'd give them antibiotics, maybe it's like a open fracture or something. And already you've got a really good structure there and then with any ed case they love disposition they want to know where the patient's going so you'd say this patient's disposition is theater and then likely afterwards icu hdu or ward-based care depending on the severity and if you've gone through that without having a single clue how to manage it you'll definitely pass yeah it's great because i feel like a lot of these surgical cases if you have a good spiel for your management you can apply to pretty much all these cases absolutely yeah yeah definitely and this structure that i've got resource symptom management specific management and then disposition can be used for any surgical specialty uh in the end of the day so you can apply it across different ones and make sure you cover all the bases with the patient because you know you want to make sure you give them analgesia you want to make sure they're feeling nauseous then you give them something for that just basic stuff so that's the last thing I sort of want to talk about. So make sure before you start talking about your management, have a quick look over your sort of triage. If you're happy with it, then start talking because as soon as you start talking about your management, it's locked in. You can't change it. I mean, maybe the, the examiner's nice and you're like, actually, I've just realized <laughs> maybe they'll give but it to you. They're trying to guide you and tell you to not And tell you to answer. shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to them. Listen to them. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. I was at Osborne Park. It was so, it was really nice. Day. Like just, just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I walked in and he hadn't rearranged it from the student before me. So I was like, just sitting there. <laughs> and I was like, that looks pretty good. <laughs> And he was like, oh, sorry, I've got to change it. I said, no, no, leave it. I'm happy with that. And, and these aren't some high-tech images in like 1080p no, they're uh, laminated. resolution. They're laminated <laughs> ones, man. If you, on A4. It is hard to tell sometimes. So just like 
Make sure you know your prompts really yeah. well. Do you know that X-ray <laughs> I put up on my lecture about like you know the talk that chess X-ray that was so blurry and fuzzy? Yeah, yeah. yeah that is the stuff we're yeah. gonna get. Okay. <laughs> Don't yeah. One forty p stuff. Yeah, really yeah one forty. That's generous, man. <laughs> yeah. no, you got to take in the context for sure. Yeah. Otherwise, you will struggle to find those. It's fractures. just like again, like you said, pattern recognition. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so, any sort of questions about what we've gone through at the moment? In regards to triage stations yeah just people struggle with structure yeah like mm-hmm. getting it you're like oh this and then i'm like oh i remember that and then they jump around yeah 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 i think I'm most of us can figure that. out what's most important and what's least important it's issue number one is ordering the ones in between mm-hmm. and then the second issue is trying to figure out what is more important between condition one and condition two yeah yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. no that's completely fair i think that's a recurring theme every year and the thing that you've got to remember for sort of that middle of the pack is you know i divide it into the top two are going to be your immediate sort of things within the next couple hours your middle ones are going to be within the next say 24 hours and the last bottom two are going to be things you can leave for maybe a day or two and that's the way i think of it and and i reckon it's probably a common thing where you realize like halfway like maybe you explained your first option, now you explain your second and mm. you realize the order's wrong. Yeah. Like I feel like you can go yeah. back and be like, oh, I've realized this patient's yep. hemodynamically unstable. I would actually put them on the first. You could yeah. save it. So yeah. make sure you still explain your logic when you're doing these mm. questions. I reckon it's a good habit to get into. Even if they don't ask for a justification, do it anyway. Because then they can sort of give you marks where maybe you, if you didn't have... Because you can see your yeah. train of thought. Oh, you actually realize this compartment. That's why you put it first or mm. second, even though it should have been second. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was just going to cover something that got asked on the SGR, which is, do you put compartment syndrome or septic arthritis first if you got both patients in front of you? And I know it's a really contextual really question. Niche, yeah. I, well, it's yeah. very contextual because yeah. I was like, well, it depends on this, depends on this, depends yeah. on this. Basically, I looked up the mortality rates between the <laughs> two of them, the percentages. And I was, okay, so septic arthritis, I've already linked the references in for this, but they found that it was a 7% mort- uh, 90-day mortality rate for septic arthritis. And if they're over 79, that rises to just under 23%. So if you've got an 85-year-old with septic arthritis, I'll probably put them towards the front. The compartment syndrome, on the other hand, was around 6.6 and some studies saying it's as high as 15% mortality rate. So it's lower, but it's still very high. So it doesn't really solve much, but it does give you an indication. I that guess, like you said, it would be more important now to check like the vital. Absolutely, yeah. Because I guess the only thing you could be concerned about if like, if you can go into septic shock from mm. the septic arthritis. Yeah, I found... So I found... Mm. Is it common for people who have septic arthritis to go into septic shock though? Yeah, so what happens is I think the joint starts degrading beyond repair within the first eight hours. So if you haven't started treating it within eight hours, they've lost their joint cartilage forever. And then I think if it's only, only a few hours after that, that it starts to spread. Um, so that's all I wanted to sort of talk about. And just wanted to quickly address that question. You guys will be fine. You've said some good things that I would not have said as a third year. So you're way ahead of me already. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe we could just go over maybe the important aspects of it. Because I did sort of deviate from the usual structure of these podcasts and that it wasn't a condition. How rude. I didn't really talk about the the audacity (laughs) to come onto this podcast and not talk about the first principles. Maybe we could go around and say one thing that they'd like to sort of reinforce home. A life of a bone. Life over bone. I like exactly that. Don't tell that life, life over bone. Life over limb. Yeah, that's life good. Life over limb. Life hey, over bone. Can we bone. trademark that? That's life that's good. <laughs> Maybe that's going to be the title. Life over limb. Yes. There we go. Even for like 
Urology life of Wobbleholes. <laughs> <laughs> He's really going back to that you one. Could, you could train my as well. Okay. This is oddly specific. No, 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 I did. My uh, friend failed it though. That's why I'm thinking about oddly it. Oddly like, specific, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last thing I want to say and sort of reiterate is your management structure. If we just gave you an example, like mm. let's say a patient's coming with a, just a simple distal radius fracture. Yeah. Can you give me your management spill, you would say, in an OSCE? Yeah. So I'd say, bearing in mind that this patient's stable, I would do a quick A to E to ensure that I address any immediate medical emergencies, if there's any associated other head injuries that they fell or whatever. And then once I've stabilized the patient, I'd like to give them some analgesia using the WHO pain analgesia ladder and titrate it to the level of pain. I'd give them some antiemetics as well to counter the side effects of the analgesia. Specifically, this is bearing in mind I've got the x-ray and it's not an open fracture that needs immediate operation. I'd treat them non-operatively. I would contact help and I would ask the anaesthetics team to help with a beers block. And then once I've got the beers block in, I'll, I'll mobilise the joint and locate it and I guess operatively if it goes wrong and they start bleeding or something like that yeah. maybe but and then disposition for them is fracture clinic follow-up but the orthopedics team safety net handout you know <laughs> re- nice. re-x-ray them reassess their neurovascular status yeah. and monitor them as the beers block wears off cool. I think that's the way I sort of go about it yeah yeah so if it's like an elderly lady you'd be like follow up with your gp for osteoporosis yeah. you know the dexa scan all that stuff there was another question i mm. saw i think it was i me who asked it about the neurovascular assessment yeah yeah and i remember this thing a reg taught me mm. is like make an aok sign make yep. a gun make a star yeah if they can do that they're all good yeah that's the the sort of neuro side of it yeah. that's and that's upper limb as well yeah. yeah i was going through a quick neurovascular assessment how to do I it i think we it was in the previous episode actually was it yeah, yeah for the upper limb it was it was yeah and just to recap that if you want to assess the vascular it's three things it's very easy you want to assess temperature on both sides cap refill time and you want to assess the peripheral pulses for the neuro side of things you want to assess sensation in the distribution of the ulnar median radial nerves you're going to assess the movements and then that's pretty much it. And maybe grip strength because that's all of them. Cool. All right. If that's everything, thank you so much for listening. I'd like to thank my guests for this episode, Jason, Navi and Jay. Thank you so much for contributing and sharing some really insightful pieces of knowledge Thanks regarding the triage and all the best for your Oscars. You'll be fine. Thanks, mate.